Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited-time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited-time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Hello, America. Happy Saturday. Hey, we got a good one for you today. People are still reeling from all the big news that we broke the last couple days at Just the News on John Solomon Reports, the podcast, Just the News, No Noise, the television show. Today, we're going to pull some of it together, starting with the big indictment of Hunter Biden. Yes, the second indictment, nine tax charges, three felonies, six misdemeanors, 17 potential years in prison, accusing Hunter Biden of running a long-time tax evasion scheme between 2016 to 2020 to avoid paying taxes on millions of dollars of foreign income he was shaking down from China and Ukraine and Romania and other places, and then not paying the taxes on it. In fact, the government said very clearly Hunter Biden was more interested in spending his money on extravagant lifestyle than paying the tax money he owed the United States government like all the rest of us. So today we're going to start off with a fantastic guest. David X. Sullivan is one of the finest prosecutors the Justice Department ever produced. He was an assistant U.S. attorney in Connecticut. I got to know him there. He is incredibly successful. He's an expert in tax evasion cases, an expert in money laundering, which, by the way, is one of the big questions that lingers over the Hunter Biden case. David X. Sullivan is going to break down the Hunter Biden indictment today. He talked to Amanda and I last night. We had a great conversation. He's going to help you understand what's right and wrong and also what made this indictment possible. And I think you're going to hear, I'm going to predict, you're going to hear that the two IRS whistleblowers, Gary Shapley and Joe Ziegler, they had a big role in making this indictment come out the way it did. Remember, there was going to be a sweetheart plea deal for Hunter Biden, no prison time. Now he's looking at 17 years just on the tax charges, maybe more time on the gun charges. In the second block of the show, Tristan Levitt, he's a good friend of mine. He's the head of the Empower Oversight Whistleblower Center. He represents those IRS whistleblowers. He's going to break down the latest from his perspective about the whistleblowers, their credibility, how they've been affirmed time and time and time and time again. In the third block, Congressman Glenn Grothman, one of my good friends from Wisconsin, one of the most impactful members of Congress when it comes from just old-fashioned oversight, overseeing the government, making sure they're doing what they're supposed to do and when they're not, trying to get fixes in place. He's the man that found that thousands of unaccompanied minor children who came into the United States without parents. They were lost by the Biden administration, by the government. Glenn Grothman's here to bring us up to speed on all those things, including the most deadly scourge ever to strike America from a chemical perspective, fentanyl poisoning. It's killing tens of thousands of Americans every year. 
and Grothman's going to bring us up to speed on that. And then the final block, you know I'm a big fan of fighting for free speech in an era where so much censorship has occurred. Just the news broke so many of the epic censorship stories in America. The Elvis Chan story, the FBI guy. The CISA and Homeland Security and its partnership with the Election Integrity Partnership and other things. The CDC censorship, the effort to pretend there wasn't evidence that the COVID-19 virus escaped from a lab in China. Well, now many sides of the free speech movement are fighting back with lawsuits. One of those was filed last week by the Daily Wire and the Federalist, two conservative news sites, the woman and the organization that is representing them in that epic censorship case, the New Civil Liberties Alliance and their litigation counsel, Casey Norman, she's going to round things out today. That is a great show for a Saturday. A lot to think about. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll start with our good friend, David X. Sullivan, right after these messages. Hey, folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon Just the News family. Hey folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Joining us right now, retired assistant U.S. attorney David X. Sullivan. David, great to have you back on the show. John, Amanda, it's so nice to be back. Thank you. We want to break this down. I, there's been a lot of crosstalk, a lot of politics since this indictment came out late last night. You've had a chance to read it. This seems like a normal indictment to me for someone who did this level of tax evasion. Am I wrong about that? Well, you're not wrong, John. Uh, and I think Amanda really provided a great summary a few moments ago about all the expenditures 
uh, that, that Hunter Biden was engaged in during the, the relevant tax years. It is a very thorough indictment, though I will say that. It is 56 pages long, and it begins with 16 pages of introductory um, allegations, which reads like a novel, really. I mean, it, it's fascinating. And, you know, we should applaud the two uh, IRS criminal investigation special agents for what they did. They did their job. You know, to even call them whistleblowers, it's really a disservice to them. They were doing their job. They did it very well. And that's always been in my experience with IRSCI. They're very thorough. Uh, they're in ca their cases are very scrutinized uh, before they even get to the U.S. Attorney's Office, before, before there's even a referral to uh, main justice for uh, tax prosecution. So I, I really do applaud both of them. And I thought they were very courageous to go down to Congress, testify literally on their own dime. Um, and, you know, they don't make that much money. And, you know, they really did put themselves professionally and personally at great risk. And I really do applaud their efforts. And this indictment really is the fruits of a very thorough IRS CI investigation. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Um, David, Hunter Biden and his legal counsel have been quite responsive every time, every time these uh, these bits of news come out, especially when there are charges, whether it's out of Delaware or these new ones out of California. And his attorney, Abby Lowell, said that his client is a victim of politics and that if his last name wasn't Biden, the charges would have never been brought. I would proffer the notion that if his last name wasn't Biden, these charges would have brought would have been brought much earlier. Well, I, I think, Amanda, a case can be made for that. I was very surprised to learn initially that um, some of those earlier tax years, the statutes of limitations had run. Normally, we wouldn't do that with, uh, you know, I think, I believe there was Burisma money and other things involved there. They would ask for a tolling of the statute so that rather than indict someone quickly, the parties would agree to toll the statute and allow the investigation to go forward. So um, I, I, I tend to think that you're right, that, um, you know, perhaps the first, uh, you know, son um, received uh, some very favorable treatment. And, um, you know, this indictment is a result of, I, I think, the outcry uh, that something was not done earlier in, in a way that should have been um, handled with the propriety that the Department of Justice normally conducts itself with. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. David, you prosecuted a lot of cases like this. Uh, going into now, obviously, the trial phase begins. It shifts from the uh, case agents to the prosecutors. How solid a case is this? If you got to bring this to a jury, do you feel good, given the evidence that seems to be laid out in this indictment? Oh, I feel very good. I think that what they did in the charging document, this indictment, as I said, there are 16 pages of introductory allegations, and each count is very thorough. Some indictments are very skeleton uh, in nature uh, and will give you the tax year, a dollar amount, and and say that something was uh, additional was due and owing. Um, you know, in this indictment with nine, nine counts, you're talking about uh, 7203, uh, statute under Title 26, willfully uh, uh, failing to, to pay taxes. Uh, tax evasion, uh, Section 7201, um, you know, and that is a situation where there's an additional tax due and owing, that there was an attempt to evade the, pay the payment of that tax, and that it was done willfully. 
And finally, under 72061, it was making and subscribing to false tax returns. So they really hit everything in this indictment. And I think it reads very well. It's very thorough. If they have the evidence to support those allegations, um, I, I can't see how, uh, you know, there won't be convictions on some, if not all of these counts. Yeah, good point. Mm. David, um We've got the gun charges in Delaware, these tax charges out of California, but the elephant is in the room. And, and even according to this indictment, when uh, it lays out all of the countries and the companies within those countries where these payments came from, China, Romania and Ukraine, and there's the FARA violation. And and it seems like they're kind of dancing around it. But I believe the max penalty for a FARA violation is what, five years and a quarter million dollar fine. It's not really that much, especially when you consider that these charges carry 17 years. Do you think a FARA violation is on in the offing? I, I really couldn't tell you, Amanda, but I will tell you that's for each FARA violation. So, I mean, there could be a multitude of them. Uh, you know, it really depends on what the narrative is that supports any additional charges. Um, you know, clearly, um, we're talking about Hunter Biden here, but... Uh, you know, there are obviously a lot of other moving parts in this and Congress is doing, you know, its own investigations. And, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot more to this story. And um, this is just really a, a beginning that should have taken place a long time ago. But, um, you know, I, 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 I'd be cautious as to going any farther with that. I think I'll let the Department of Justice um, and Congress continue their investigations, come to their own fact-finding conclusions, and uh, take the necessary steps um, at that time that they deem appropriate. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, David, you're one of the best and brightest that the Justice Department ever produced in the prosecution world. Uh, there is another element of this that hovers over this case, and that is money laundering. We now know there, I think Ron Johnson and J James Comer have seen 170 suspicious activity reports involving Hunter Biden. Yesterday, uh, uh, Senator Ron Johnson came on the show and said, let six of them listed Joe Biden's home address as the recipient of more than $12 million of uh, money that the banks thought were either involved in money laundering or uh, human trafficking. That number of SAR seems awful uh, large for a single family. How serious a matter is that? Well, it, it definitely provokes an inquiry. I mean, um, each U.S. attorney's office has what they would call a SARS review team, suspicious activity report review team. They may have changed the name by now since I left three years ago, but uh, you know they're always looking at these, um, the information provided by FinCEN, the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network. Right. And um, the fact that there are SARS that are, uh, you know, uh, coming up at, at the the residence of the president, I think, you know, it's very fair inquiry. And I think that uh, the American people are entitled to a very thorough explana explanation. If it's if it's, if there's a harmless explanation, that's fine. And if not, well, I think that, you know, we, we need to look farther. But um, it's, you know, it's it's so telling that, you know, we've, we've heard about all of these emails. We've heard about 23 countries and over 20 million dollars of financial transactions and you know nine different uh, members of the, uh, of the Biden family receiving money and what exactly is the Biden brand I mean there are so many questions and I really do think that um, there's enough information out there to to make an argument that there's a very strong money laundering case um, uh, you know between Tony Bobolinsky's uh, interviews yeah. Devin Archer's 
um, you know, obviously, um, you know, uh, Hunter's laptop. I, I thought Miranda right. Devine's book was very uh, uh, telling and excellently done as far as, yeah, you know, outlining the information. I thought it was it done very thoroughly. And, yeah. um, you know, as somebody that um, was engaged in money laundering investigations and has taught money laundering classes both at Quantico and to the International Law Enforcement Academy, um, it's a case that totally intrigues me. All right, folks, we're not going to go anywhere because when we come back, Tristan Levitt, the lawyer for the whistleblowers, the IRS whistleblowers, the men who changed the history of the Hunter Biden case forever. They're going to join us. Hey, a quick shout out, though, first for my good friends at Birch Gold Group. They do amazing stuff every day. And as you know, now is one of their most popular specials of the year. Now through December 22nd, so only a couple weeks left. Get going. For every $5,000 you spend with Birch Gold, they're going to send you a one-ounce Silver Eagle coin for free. You heard me right. You're going to get a free one-ounce Silver Eagle coin for free if you move $5,000 in on a spend in Birch Gold. Now, if you want to become eligible for that, text the word Just News to 989898 to claim your eligibility right now. My good friends of Birch Gold, they've been with me from the start of the founding of Just the News. They're going to be a big help to you giving you some diversity in your investment income right now, particularly in such a volatile market. Go check my friends out at Birch Gold. Gold's a great place to be when the markets are so volatile. One more time, here's the deal you can have, but you only have until December 22nd, so hurry. For every 5000 you spend with Birch Gold, they're going to send you a one-ounce Silver Eagle coin for free. You can give it as a Christmas gift, a stocking stuffer. Keep it yourself. It's a really great offer. Take advantage of it. Text the word Just News to 989898. All right. Up around the corner, Tristan Levitt from the Empower Whistleblower Oversight Center, right after these messages. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, AMAC.us slash Just News to become a four-year member for just 
$30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free social security and Medicare guidance, money saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.us slash just news. That's AMAC.us forward slash just news. Welcome back, America. Last month, and with great thanks to John's investigative reporting, we were able to break a story on this very show that demonstrated a money line that had been established between first son Hunter Biden and high-profile entertainment lawyer and Democrat donor Kevin Morris. And this wasn't a quick cash loan from a friend. This wasn't $5 for a pack of Paul Malls. This was a multi-million dollar credit line between Morris and Hunter Biden in order for the first son to pay child support, tax debts, high dollar bougie rent, amongst other items and lifestyle choices. And as you could have guessed, John's original report from last month was confirmed just yesterday as IRS whistleblowers Joseph Ziegler told the House Ways and Means Committee during his closed door testimony that the controversial son of Joe Biden did, in fact, receive almost $5 million in loans from a donor for his personal expenses. Ziegler also provided examples of how Hunter's foreign business activity with Ukrainian energy company Burisma could be linked to his father. I have an idea of one of those ways, at least. Let's dive into this conversation about Hunter Biden and what we now know, thanks to the IRS whistleblowers once again. Joining us now is Tristan Levitt, the president of the Empower Oversight Organization that advises whistleblowers and oversees various research. Tristan, it's a great day to have you on. Thank you for being here. Having me. So the folks that you represent, namely Gary Shapley and Joseph Ziegler, these guys always bring the heat and they also bring the receipts. Yesterday was no exception. Um, it seems that loans and gifts for anyone associated with Hunter Biden, it's kind of synonymous. But I want to set that aside for a moment because uh, the contention that we continue to hear from the left regarding the money that has flowed through Hunter Biden, possibly to his father, uh, to his uncle and his aunt, um, is that this wasn't happening when Joe Biden was in office. But we now know, and this started in 2020 when Joe Biden was a candidate, continued on through 21 and 22, two years into his presidency. Um, that That is one of the biggest alarms about all of this, is that this was kind of a, a, a money-racking scheme while his father was in office. Yeah, absolutely. And so for this to be confirmed to be released by the Ways and Means Committee last night is very significant. This $4.9 million from Kevin Morris, um, these this, these payments have gone on throughout the Biden presidency. And this is not something from almost a decade ago, like the Ukrainian money and the questions there. So the receipts should still be fresh. The investigative work can be done quite easily. And there are a lot of questions to answer. Yeah. It, um, uh, every time we hear from the whistleblowers, we learn another dimension of just how serious the impeachment inquiry is, how serious uh, the potential criminal and uh, civil uh, issues are that come up. I want to ask you about something. Uh, it seemed to me from the records last night that Joseph Ziegler was saying that the investigators, the IRS agents, believed that the reason Kevin Morris um, uh, gave this $5 million to help Hunter Biden get rid of his tax debts was political, maybe emanated from the campaign, or that he himself was acting as an agent of the campaign. Could you help us understand uh, what uh, Ziegler was trying to say and why that's so important? Yeah. So as you have reported on before and as the whistleblowers have shared some information previously regarding 
Kevin Morris is someone who was donating or loaning, quote unquote, money to Hunter Biden within just a couple months of having met him at a campaign fundraiser. New York Times reports it was in December of 2019. It looks like it might have been maybe slightly earlier in, in November of 2019. Um, but within just a couple of months, uh, there were these these interactions. And so what Joe Ziegler released to the committee and it voted to make public was records of a couple of things. One of those included a meeting in late 2020, January, where which was called a crisis meeting. And it, it really raised these questions because the accountants for Hunter Biden were meeting Kevin Morris for the first time. He comes out of nowhere and he is convening this meeting to talk not just about the taxes, but uh, we, we don't actually fully know what because the materials that were provided to the IRS were redacted. But when they interviewed this accountant, he said that he met Morris, that they talked about uh, Hunter Biden and that he was going to be supporting Biden. Um, it's it's this came at a time when Hunter was under a lot of stress. He'd been ordered by the judge down in Arkansas to produce his tax returns, which there weren't any because he hadn't been paying taxes. And there was also a lot of pressure from uh, Hunter's ex-wife to pay off the 2015 taxes because she wasn't able to get a passport because of that debt that existed. So this meeting at the end of 2020, January, seems very interesting. And then the other piece that uh, was released by Josie Glur is from just a couple days later on February 7th. And that's where Morris emailed, we're under considerable risk personally and politically to get the returns in. So this was right after the Iowa caucuses. It's it's the Friday before the New Hampshire uh, primary. And it, it was clear to the investigators, as Joe Ziegler mentioned last night in the hearing, that they, they strongly suspected that Kevin Morris, that the campaign was the one behind this. And of course, these, you know, this helped uh, Joe Biden by keeping hunters, uh, you know, as much out of the headlines as possible to have paid these and gotten this out of the way. And this was of a lot of interest to the investigators at the IRS, as well as to their counterparts at other law enforcement agencies. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. And there are a number of people who financially support the Bidens in this fair city of Los Angeles. I want to rewind a little and go back to this. Uh, I'm not kidding. I saw her described online as a Hunter Biden art connoisseur. I didn't know there was such a thing. But Elizabeth <laughs> Naftali, who was a purchaser of Hunter Biden's art, she's also involved in real estate and and philanthropy. She's been to the White House at least a dozen times. And she was appointed to this U.S. Commission of the Preservation of American Culture Abroad or whatever this commission is called. And what I found interesting is that um, there's another person uh, who was appointed to this exact same post back in 2015 when Joe Biden was vice president. What's his name? What's his name? Eric Schwerin, another Hunter Biden associate. It kind of seems like positions like this are becoming participation trophies for anyone connected to Hunter Biden or even Joe. That's a fair, fair uh, criticism. And of course, one of the other things that came out from yesterday's hearing was all of the communications between Joe Biden and Eric Schwerin, who managed Hunter Biden's law firm. He, he is rumored to have also managed Joe Biden's finances and his books. But because he has not yet been willing to sit for a transcribed interview at the House Oversight Committee, there's not a lot of detail on that out there publicly. But the IRS investigators discovered you know, dozens of emails between Schwerin and Joe Biden when he was the vice president. And these all came at the time of the of Burisma and the Shokin firing. So no question, people who are in Hunter's orbit, you know, notwithstanding what the president said today, that it was all lies, seem to have a lot of contact with President Biden and then Vice President Biden. 
Yeah, it's amazing how much visibility these whistleblowers have given us and how much they've changed the course of history. I, I almost certainly the sweetheart deal that the prosecutors were going to give Hunter Biden would have gone through were it not for these brave whistleblowers stepping forward and illuminating us. One area that seemed to be of great interest to the Congress yesterday in this uh, session was uh, the uh, time around the November and December of 2015 when Joe Biden goes over, uh, pressures Ukraine to fire its attorney general, essentially the prosecutor general. Uh, and there seems to be enough evidence that Hunter Biden himself was worried about this prosecutor, that it was causing trouble for his client, Burisma Holdings. Uh, what were your big takeaways from the new testimony yesterday, particularly from Joe Ziegler, about Joe Biden and, and sort of the period of time where Hunter Biden's trying to get rid of the prosecutor? No, Joe Biden does it. Well, there's a lot of evidence that's out there separate from the whistleblower force and, and they have seen that information and, and what was out there during the course of their investigation was relevant to them. So even before as much has been reported as has now, you know, they had seen some of the contacts uh, between Blue Star Strategies, which was the lobbying firm that was hired by Hunter Biden to help represent Burisma. Right. And they had a lot of contacts with the vice president's office. And so that that time frame, which, again, you've reported on so well, when, you know, career civil servants had recommended that show can be kept on. There's a period of time where there's just a switch. And the vice president's office is suddenly then recommending that he be fired. And so that period of contacts was of great, great interest to the investigators. They were looking closely at any of those documents they could get their hands on. And uh, and Mr. Ziegler really you know, clearly wanted to highlight that for the committee yesterday in his testimony. Yeah, very clearly did. Yeah. Tristan, before we go, I want to ask you about a, a hot topic right now. I know that you you have faithfully represented a number of whistleblowers, and, and especially in the last couple of years, any conversation we have about whistleblowers, well, not any conversation, but a lot of the conversations involve government surveillance. And today we saw bipartisan support behind FISA reform. I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Was it enough? Well, it's it's hard to know what could ever be enough, because every reform that's been taken by Congress uh, the executive branch is really flouted. And part of the problem is that they don't always have insight to what's going on. Uh, Senator Lee's criticism at yesterday's hearing with Director Ray, noting that the FBI makes assurances about how they will use uh, authorities and then they make secret changes to it. And the FBI, uh, FBI, the FBI doesn't show Congress those reforms is really significant. So I hope these reforms are enough. Um, you know, again, it's one of those things where you have to trust and but verify if you could. And it's very hard to verify in this instance. So if Congress can get its hands around that, that piece of oversight will be in a lot better position to protect the civil liberties of Americans. Folks, don't go anywhere. Congressman Glenn Grothman, one of my good friends, one of the great oversight figures in Congress here to talk about the fentanyl crisis. Buckle your sleep out. It's a tough conversation, but it's a necessary one. We'll have that right after these messages. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens 
can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. All right, folks, welcome back. Uh, Joining us next is a congressman who has been on the front lines of border security, raising alarm long before many of his colleagues down to the border many times. The man who found uh, out that the United States government had lost track of tens of thousands of unaccompanied minor children that came into this country, then we lost them. The government lost track of them. Joining me right now, Congressman Glenn Grothman from the great state of Wisconsin, the chairman of the House Oversight Subcommittee that deals with national security and border issues. Congressman, a great honor to have you on the show today. I'm honored to be on your show, and uh, you're right. We're talking today about what I think is one part of the greatest crisis uh, facing America today, and that is our open southern border. Yeah, there is no doubt. And you have been an important siren and raising alarms way before other people did about what was likely to happen going back to 21 when Joe Biden first came in. Uh, We're here today with a lot of families who lost loved ones to the fentanyl crisis. And I know you have worked uh, tirelessly on things like the Stop Fentanyl Act. Can you give us a little overview of where things stand in Congress, the sort of tools that Congress is trying to put on the table to help fight this scourge? Well, 
the first thing we're doing is we're trying to increase the penalties for possession of fentanyl or bringing fentanyl across the southern border. There is a deterrent effect. Right now, not enough is being done with these people. Secondly, we've got to close the, close the southern border. And I think a lot of us feel that we cannot give the Biden administration any more until we deal with our own invasion here. That's something that's going to be playing out as we talk about funding more money for Ukraine. Our attitude, not only my own, but I think the Speaker of the House is, if we're going to help defend Russia from Ukraine, we've got to help save the 100,000 people a year, 110,000 people a year, who are dying from illegal drugs in this country. Now, the 110,000, about 70,000 uh, is are coming from fentanyl deaths. So we've got to make it a priority now. We've got to somehow wake up Joe Biden. I mean, just by point of reference, the number of deaths uh, in the Vietnam War, which took place over 12 years, a lot of your listeners are old enough to remember it, all the people dying was about 57,000. Twice that many are dying every year, not in 12 years, every year in the United States of America. Part of what we have to do is deal with China as well. As you've talked about on your show, China knows what's going on here. Nevertheless, they continue to allow over 100,000 Americans to die. And it's time that, uh, you know, uh, uh, President Biden went over there recently, but he's got to begin to play a little more hardball. I cannot think of any issue we're dealing with regard to China that is more important than this. We also have to get more action out of the Mexican government, because, of course, the Mexican cartels are are um, uh, so heavily involved in, in this right. wave of deaths of young Americans. Yeah, it's 100 to 200 a day is the average. It's just mind-numbing. If uh, any other uh, uh, enemy was killing that many people a day, we'd be alarmed. And yet uh, there seems to be so much uh, inaction in so many corners of this country. I, I want to focus for a second on uh, China just a little bit more, because obviously they uh, create the precursors that get sold to the uh, drug cartels. President Biden made an announcement of a deal with the history of the Chinese uh, in well, complying with earlier deals, compliance deals with the United States, not very good. Uh, what else can be done? And also the DA has been warning a lot more that China has a lot of illegal or, or uh, nationals coming across the border and setting up these marijuana grow shops, more addictive marijuana than the traditional on the street. It almost seems as though China is trying to get Americans hooked on drugs as part of a larger strategy. What do you know about that as a congressman? Well, I'll tell you, when I'm down at the southern border, I am told that some of these are operated by Chinese. I mean, you always kind of associate Mexican gangs with growing marijuana down there, but the Chinese are involved as well, uh, which, again, is a, you're exactly right. It's declaring war on our country. I mean, if 110,000 people were dying of anything else in this country, it would be in the headlines every day. If it was a physical war, if it was acts of terror, terrorism, even if you're just talking about um, 100,000, 200,000 people a month. I mean, uh, you know, you, you would that are coming across, we would be doing something. But this has never been a priority for the Biden administration. You can't trust the Chinese. So we're having one person you can't trust, Joe Biden, monitoring another group you can't trust, the Chinese. But the Chinese themselves don't have this problem in their own country. Right. So the fact that they can right. prevent their own citizens from dying fentanyl means that they can prevent our citizens from dying of their fentanyl. Uh, that's such a great point. You know, China has a very low drug problem, uh, and yet here they're trying to facilitate a very large one. That's a great right, now, point. Now, now, part of that is, of course, in Asian countries, they are not afraid to deal very firmly uh, with drug dealers. And that's something in this country, for a variety of reasons, is not considered a priority. 
Yeah, that's such a good point. Sir, uh, another scourge associated with drug running and the cartels and the open border is human trafficking. I was privileged to cover the great work you did in showing just how bad the government's monitoring and they bring these unaccompanied minor children in. Uh, so they allow them in the country, they place them somewhere and then they lose track of them. I think the number you came up with was like 85,000. Give us an update on that and tell us how, uh, help us understand how the fentanyl crisis and the human trafficking crisis really are intertwined into a single business. Well, they're both uh, run by the by the drug cartels. And as the result of we cracked down on the drug cartels, we saw both problems. You're right. Uh, the New York Times reported the over 80,000 figure. The administration send, says it's less than that. But either way, there are tens of thousands of children missing. And it's kind of amazing. You know, four years ago, when children were kept apart from their parents for a couple of weeks, that was supposed to be a scandal in which we're separating children from their parents when their parents had broken the law. Here you are talking about 9,000 children every month entering this country without their parents. And the press, other than you and a couple other outlets, are largely mute on this. Okay, now what we do is we wind up uh, sending them to sponsors which are not adequately vetted. The Biden administration is backed off on using DNA to see if somebody says, I'm Johnny's uncle, are you really Johnny's yeah. uncle? If they catch some child working, say, a third shift job illegally, they make no effort to try to contact their parents. So again, you have to ask yourself, what type of administration would allow nine to 10,000 children a month to cross the border without their parents and not considered a, a, a major concern? Obviously, these children should be spun around and sent back to their parents. Every effort should be made, even if a child comes here with one parent, to try to find the other parent. Isn't that what we do with was our own children? Um, I talked to the Secretary of Labor. When they find children working where they shouldn't be working, they make no effort to find the Look for the parents. They didn't even try. And we are doing an inadequate job of finding out who these sponsors are, getting their own background, right? So these are all things that have to be done and have to be a priority as we work towards the Ukraine aid bill, which just seems on, on the face of it a little bit unconnected. But like I said, I think the Republican position is before we put any more money in turning uh, Russians away from an invasion of Ukraine, we've got to spend some money and show some will in preventing both these drugs and the young kids from coming across the border. Yeah. So we got about a minute left. Uh, the families that are here, they are looking for some accountability. They lost a loved one. They've paid the ultimate price in this chemical warfare that's been waged against America. There are two big accountability issues on the table. You just mentioned one, tying Ukraine and more aid to uh, a, a better security posture at the border. The other is punishing some of the people who are just ignoring the wall. War, uh, things like maybe an impeachment of uh, Mayorkas. Can you just bring us up to speed on both of those and the likelihood that Republicans can succeed in getting them done? I think some people didn't, we did not have the votes to uh, impeach Mayorkas, but I think that was largely for technical reasons. Uh, you know, people did not like a, a resolution being brought to the floor. I think there should be a chance of a, ability to impeach him if it goes through the regular committee process. And I hope that um, Speaker Johnson does move in that regard, and we do try to impeach him. Because part of the problem here is the American public does not know how bad this is, right? Yeah. And we've got to force the press to wake up and say, look, we have 100,000 people dying every year. 
How many people is that? You know, I have a relatively rural county. I found out this year, it looks like they're going to have 50 people die in that county uh, by itself. Mm-hmm. So the huge number of people dying, America has to begin to care. And I'm glad the parents are helping out on this. It's a good thing to do for your children who've died. Try to get these politicians and get these media outlets to talk about the huge uh huge human toll, huge cost and suffering that the neglect of what's going on on the southern border is is causing. I mean, like I said, if these people had been dying in any other way, if they had been dying from a, a, a defective product, a defective drug, it'd be headlines every day. If it was from a, a, a terrorist attack or a series of terrorist acts, it'd be headlines every day. But for some reason, the mainstream media has not shown they care about the 110,000 Americans who are dying every year of the illegal drugs. That should be a banner headline until that problem is solved. All right, one more to go. The new Civil Liberty Alliance litigation counsel, Casey Norman, is here to talk about the epic free speech case filed by the Daily Wire and the Federalist earlier this week. We'll have that right after these messages. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. back, America. Earlier today when you woke up, you might have saw this headline in Just the News. George Orwell, call your office. State Department outsourced censorship of conservative media. New lawsuit says, joining us now to talk about this epic First Amendment fight and the case against the federal government is Casey Norman. She serves as litigation counsel to the new Civil Liberties Alliance. And Casey, it's great to have you on the show. This is a very important case. I don't think in my lifetime as a journalist I'd ever imagined the State Department would be involved in censoring American news media, but that's what you found, right? Right. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. And yeah, that is exactly what we found. Amazing. So uh, talk a little bit about this effort. How does it get to the business of the State Department outsourcing censorship and all of a sudden conservative media outlets are being censored because of something that the State Department is supposed to be doing for foreign countries? <laughs> exactly. I mean, you just hit the nail on the head. It's it's especially shocking because the State Department's authority, I mean, it's limited to foreign affairs like terrorism or uh, foreign propaganda, that kind of thing. And what we're seeing here is that the State Department, through its Global Engagement Center or GEC, we have a lot of alphabet soup going on in this case. Um, but what they've been doing here is funding, promoting, marketing various censorship technologies and tools, which are then being used to target you know, members of the media or the press who are not aligned with the government's ideological agenda, like our clients here, the Daily Wire and the Federalist. Yeah. 
It's a great news yeah, organization. And, and I know that Daily Wire and Federalist are a part of this lawsuit, but I also happen to know that they are not the only media organizations that were censored. Do you expect other media organizations to, to follow the success of this and then jump aboard as well? I, I wouldn't be surprised in the least. Um, I think it is. I think there is a little fear sometimes commencing a lawsuit like this. You're putting your name out there, um, and you know already one of the concerns with these blacklists that we're seeing that are you know rating the different members of the press and saying you know this guy is unreliable, this guy is risky. I think there's always a fear of putting your name out there in this way and making yourself a target. Um, but you know this is a strong lawsuit. I think it's a very blatant First Amendment offense. <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised if others join in. Yeah. And there's other organizations like the Global Engagement Center that are doing similar things, right? There's the uh, there's an Election Integrity Alliance saying there was a whole bunch of other groups. Um, today, we had a meeting here at Just the News with about 50 different news executives, and we were just educating them on this vast censorship uh, ecosystem that's been built, right? It's got the Homeland Security Department. It's got Elvis Chan, the FBI. It's got the State Department, the Global Engagement Center, then all these nonprofits. How did uh, the greatest democracy in the world, the greatest constitutional republic world give birth to such a first amendment threat Mm, that is a difficult question i don't know that i have the concrete answer i would say if you're looking at the last few administrations we've seen kind of this mounting degree of polarization whether from the right or the left and i think under you know the the undercurrent of this has been has gone unnoticed for a long time and we're starting to see come out of the woodworks what some of these government officials and agencies have been doing to increasingly control the narrative and suppress the opposite side um, and I don't know how long that's been going on but because we're just now starting to get all of this information on it right. um, but it looks as though you know, this has been going on since you know, pre-covid era Jeez. so we, I mean, we're really hoping with these lawsuits, at least now that this this is finally exposed, that we can get we can get a stop to it, get a court to say this is point blank unconstitutional. It needs to stop. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you Good would point. imagine at least one person along the way would say, "Hey, guys, this looks a little Stalin-esque. We might want to not do this." Um, but you know, I think it's a cultural issue as well. Um, I wanted to ask you, speaking of cultural. Um, about the state of, of the First Amendment in general, because I think that young Americans, especially, you know, we hear this on college campuses, we see it in these man on the street style videos. And I am constantly seeing clips, viral clips of young Americans who who don't seem to understand what hate speech is. And if it's something that counters their narrative, if it's something that shakes their foundation philosophically, theologically, uh, ideologically, then they think that it shouldn't be out there. It shouldn't be on the internet. It shouldn't be on news websites. It shouldn't be on social media. Are we staring down the barrel of, of a new world where young Americans grow up and, and turn this nation uh, into a place where the First Amendment isn't valued? I, I certainly think we're on the precipice and there's going to be a turning point at some point. Um, and, you know, I think the government has been encouraging just what you're describing. I think they've been trying to turn the First Amendment on its head and say that we as Americans need to be protected from the First Amendment, from the exchange of all ideas, whether or not they're you know aligned with you and your own opinions. If it offends you, it's bad and we'll protect you from that. I think it's kind of this, this repeated message that we're seeing from all the various federal agencies. Um, um, and I don't know. I mean, this is probably starting to seep into the schools as well. But I think what we're seeing in schools and with people at universities is probably a reflection of what the government is pushing, um, you know, with these kinds of censorship regimes where misinformation is now something to be feared. And it's not it's no longer a concept of this free marketplace of ideas that should be encouraged. It's just the opposite. 
Yeah, it's a remarkable thing because as we've dug in this, we spent two years, we have a full-time reporter that just spends his entire time reporting on this, Greg Piper. One of the amazing things is many of the agencies and actors that were declaring disinformation were in themselves actually creating disinformation. The laptop really wasn't Russian disinformation. COVID may very well have emanated from the Chinese lab. We can go through a lot more of other examples. So actually the government's not only imposing a narrative, in some cases now you've caught them imposing a false narrative by canceling true stories, right? Right, exactly. We, we've seen a lot of that. I mean, in Missouri v. Biden, um, there's another case that the New Civil Liberties Alliance is, um, is doing as well. It's called Dressin v. Flaherty. And there, I mean, our, our clients in that case are those who were injured after taking one of the COVID vaccines. Um, and, you know, these injuries, they're documented. The NIH has confirmed some of them. Um, and, you know, there's no question that these things are true. And even that kind of thing has been, you know, we've seen censorship driven by the government because it might induce hesitancy for other Americans to follow the right. government's policy first. Yeah. So it's exactly that across the board. Mm. Yeah. You're doing great work. For these media organizations, what does what does relief look like in the eye of the law? I mean, it, it, I guess it's, it can really only be financial because you can't go back and uncensor specific to the lap, laptop story. I mean, you can't go back and put that out there in the past in 2020 because we know the results of the election were altered by people's perception or lack of knowledge of it. So what's the remedy? Right. So actually, in this lawsuit, we are not seeking uh, monetary compensation. We're seeking injunctive injunctive relief, which is an order from the court, you know, explicitly stating that all of this kind of conduct is unconstitutional. It's violating the First Amendment. Um, and I think really the core interest of our clients here is just that they can operate like all the other members of the, the press and the media in this country and not constantly be worrying about you know what they say, having to self-censor or risk being defunded. And I think once these things are lifted, um, I, I think they're going to be able to proceed normally again. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to quantify exactly what damages have been done, especially before we've reached right. discovery and seen you know the extent and the magnitude of this problem. But for now, I mean, we're just seeking that order that calls out the government and puts a stop to it permanently. Yeah, putting the free back in free speech, such an important mission. Uh, real uh, quickly, uh, Casey, tell us a little bit about your organization. People may have not have heard about it, but it's having a very impact and a very big impact in a very short time. Yeah, yeah, it's a very exciting time to be here, actually. Um, it's called the, the New Civil Liberties Alliance, or NCLA. Uh, we're a nonprofit, nonpartisan um, legal advocacy group here in D.C., um, and basically, our whole mission is just to challenge the government when it oversteps its constitutional bounds, whether it's the First Amendment, due process, um, you know, across the board, state, federal. But we're seeing a lot of these censorship cases lately. So probably going to see that a lot in the, the news headlines. Folks, that wraps up today's edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Remember to go check out my Birch Gold group friends. They're so good. They got a great special through December 22nd. For every 5000 bucks you spend, you're going to get a free one ounce Silver Eagle coin. That's a great deal. How do you qualify for that? Text the word Just News to 989898 to get started. That's Just News to 989898. All right, we'll be back tomorrow with another edition. Kent Paxton, the always busy Attorney General of Texas, is going to join us at the top of the show tomorrow. You'll want to tune in for that and a whole lot more. we got a lot of great stuff on tap. Until then, God bless you and have a great night. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. 
But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.